Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. And today on the podcast, I'm happy to introduce you to a friend of mine, Sarah Turner. Sarah, or as many of you may know her on uh, on Instagram as the running wife, is uh, is a fantastic runner, but someone who didn't really start out that way. She kind of started running uh, a little bit later than most people do. She started uh, near the end of her college experience and kind of did a slow and easy start uh, into running and now is one heck of a runner. She actually just PR'd um, a race this past weekend. Uh, This happened after our interview, so you're not going to hear us talk about it, but huge congrats to Sarah. Great job this weekend. Um, But we talk a lot about her start in running, how she took herself from a 440 marathoner to someone who's now in the low threes. She's done a fantastic job, has worked very hard, and has overcome some injuries and some difficulties. She had DNF'd at a race uh, the end of 2017. We talk a lot about that, not only the experience, but what she learned from it as well. So I hope you like this episode of the podcast with her. And today I also want to say Thank you to Mercury Mile, who is sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Mercury Mile is fusing fashion and function for all runners. For all runners, excuse me. They create uh, a personal shopping experience for men and women at any stage of their running journey. It's fun and it's easy. I've done it. Uh, It really is a blast. So first, create your profile on mercurymile.com. You can also do it on your phone. That's actually how I did it, and it was super easy. Two, pick a shipping date. Three, Receive and explore a curated box of incredible apparel from your personal stylist that matches your fit, style, and unique running needs. Keep what you love. Send back what you don't. Free shipping and free returns always. And no subscriptions required. What could be more fun than that? Try it today at mercurymile.com. And if you use promo code RAMBLINGRUNNER10, you're going to get $10 off your stylist fee, which is kind of a cool thing for you and a great thing for the podcast. So I hope you uh, you like this episode. Hope you like Mercury Mile. And here is Sarah Turner. Hello, Sarah, and welcome to the Rambling Runner podcast. Hey, Matt. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm really excited. Well, I'll tell you what, it's uh, it's been a long time coming. The joke between the both of us was that every time we would set a date to do the episode, either you or me or one of our kids would get sick. I think this is I think this is date number five. It was almost like it was almost like, all right, if we set that date, we can almost rest assured that it will it will cause people to get sick. It was almost like there's almost like a causational relationship that that started to uh, started to overcome it on both of our families. I know it was it was crazy, but thankfully everyone is on the mend now. Hopefully, I know, right? See, right now it's like I, I'm expecting like your son and like my daughter to come coming down the stairs like right now, both complaining of like ear infections. Yeah, as, exactly. as we as we start this episode, <laughs> so my stomach's hurting. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, the I was ex- uh, a certain way with this podcast and how I want to start it. It's how I want to start it. Excuse me, but. You had an interesting post today um, on Instagram, and I just want to dive into that first because it's something that I can certainly relate to. So instead of um, kind of me giving the little Cliff Notes version of it, how about you just kind of say real quick what what you were thinking about today and what's kind of been on your mind lately? Yeah, sure. Um, Well, this morning I had um, a big workout scheduled. It was um, – I'm trying to remember the workout now, but it was about almost an eight-mile tempo um, but a half marathon tempo and it was broken up, but it was a big workout for me. Um, we got snow the other day, so it would have had to been on a treadmill and for some reason. Sometimes treadmills are just mentally for workouts like that. They're mentally more challenging. So, um, I've honestly, I guess I, to explain it, I kind of have to back up a little bit. Um, so I ran a marathon in December, um, had an amazing buildup. I hit every single workout. Uh, I was really feeling strong, probably the strongest I'd felt since having my son. And it was my first, I'd, I'd run Boston after having my son, but this is my first one I was going to race trying to get a PR. And I ended up having to drop out at uh, mile 19.83. I'll remember that mileage for forever um, because I had a hamstring. I wouldn't, it wasn't an injury, but um, I had a, my hamstring tightened up so bad I couldn't even walk. So it was frustrating to say the least but ever since then um it's my mind I mentally I just haven't 
been there fully. Um, I started, I took about, I took two weeks totally off after marathon, and then I eased back into running really slowly. Um, I'd say, you know, we started 10, 15 miles per week and slowly built up. Um, I did some um, 5K training. Unfortunately, I could not race the 5K I had because my son got sick, as we were talking about. But, you know, that's how life is, and that's fine. Um, and so, you know, as I've been trying to build back into this after my after I got sick and everything, my mind just has been, the mental side of running has just been a big struggle for me. Um, I have really great weeks. So, I, you know, I'll, I'll go out and I'll hit the workout and it feels amazing and I feel great. And then the next week, it's like my mind just checks out in terms of, you know, staying in the mile and focusing on the task at hand and just, you know, going out there and having fun. So, um, today, this morning when I woke up, I just found myself dreading the workout. Like I just, every moment I was like, I don't want to go do this. I don't want to go do this. And, um, I, I thankfully I have a very, a, a husband who understands running fully and kind of understands where my mind's at. So I talked to him this morning and then I, I texted my coach and I said, look, I'm, I'm not in the mental in the mental state of mind to do this workout today. Um, I definitely could have gone and pushed myself through it, but to me, there's no real benefit to that because I'm going to go and I'm going to mentally struggle the whole time. And if I don't hit it, which if you're, you can be super fit and super ready to do a workout or a race, but if your mind's not there, it's not, usually it doesn't come together. At least that's been my experience. So I texted her and I said, look, I just can't, I can't do it this morning. And she was really understanding and we, we talked it and I just ended up going out and running just, I ended up doing seven super easy miles and just did some strides and stuff like that. But my post was just about like, I was just showing that and talking about the mental struggle I've had since my DNF in December. Um, and I think it definitely stems from a little bit of fear of failure again. And while, and while I don't see it as I failed completely, I still ran 19.83 miles at pace. I was on pace to, to get my goal. It was just, and I think it was smart for me to drop out. I don't regret that decision, but um, it's still mentally just really been hard for me to get back into, into the day in day out of running and training. So that's kind of what my post is about. I guess it's a little long winded, but um, just still kind of trying to get back to uh, a healthy mental state when it comes to running, I guess. No, shoot, that wasn't long-winded at all. I really appreciate the honesty and the candor because it's something that um, I know I can relate to, and I'm assuming that a lot of the people who are currently listening to this can relate to it. Um, maybe if they, they haven't expressed it that completely before, but it certainly isn't a novel concept. And you know, Have you ever had kind of that, that mental challenge that you've uh, experienced this winter? Has that ever come up before in your running past? Oh, yeah, it definitely has. Um, I... You often hear a lot of people talk about burnout when it comes to running. It's a very real thing. I don't think it's talked about that often, but um, I burnout to me is almost, I'd say at least 90% mental. Um, and I could tell today that it's, it's all mental right now because I could go out and run seven miles and feel completely fine. But mentally, when I go to do that workout, my, my mind isn't there. So, and I can look back, I am trying to remember the last time I really struggled with it. I had a period, um, I had my son in, uh, was it December of 2016? I ran Boston in April and then I kind of floundered for a little bit. I didn't really know what I was, I wanted to run another marathon, but I wasn't sure where I was at. And, um, so I just kept training and I felt a little bit of burnout then, uh, mentally. And then, my biggest time of burnout was I ran the Kiowa same marathon actually in 2014. I got my biggest PR to date. Like I guess biggest, um, I had cut an hour and nine minutes off my time in my training cycle. I'd, Oof, I'd qualified wow. for Boston, which was my goal. And I had an amazing race. Like I know everything went perfectly. Um, and, I was so amped up and so excited from that, that I just dove, I, I took like a week off and then I dove right back into training. Um, and I, cause I was going to run Chicago and I was just so excited. I just wanted to keep, you know, cutting this down, cutting this down and I burn out <laughs> and Chicago training was rough. Um, so that ever since then, I've been able to see it come. I've been able to see the warning signs ahead of time. And that's what I did today. I saw that warning sign 
and I saw the struggle I was going through and I knew that if I kept pushing this, I was going to seriously burn out. So for me now, it's more important that I recognize it early and so that I can take the necessary steps, whatever that may be, that may be different every time so that I can still have a successful training cycle or just have, you know, kind of get back to that, that positive state of mind. So you're, you're a very tough runner. Like you've, cut down a ton of time off of your your early marathons where in 2011 2012 you were running 440 and 438 in the marathon and you like you're now you're in the 320s which is just awesome and you're 137 half so you obviously have a lot of toughness to go along um with your you know you're you're a talented runner as well so i always wonder for people who have that pedigree if they have a similar issue that i have like for me I always worry about cutting the workout because I can fall into like this spiral of like, once I cut one, then I might be more likely to cut another. And then, you know what I mean? It's almost like the procrastination part of me can get, can kind of like seep itself into my running. And all of a sudden it has like this bad domino effect. Like, is that something that you've ever had to worry about? Yeah. And actually I, um, it kind of goes with what I had today. Um, I got sick, as you know, I got sick about two, I guess it's been three or four weeks ago now, um, after my son got sick. Um, I actually got it a lot worse, but it took about a week for me to get it out of my system. And right after I came, I was feeling better again, I did a workout that I'd put off like three times because I kept getting sick. And I hit it and it went amazing. I was like, oh, this is great, this is great. But every ever since then, every workout has it, it wasn't that I didn't do it, but I didn't do what I was supposed to do. And I'm very, I guess, <laughs> uh, I'm kind of OCD about workouts in terms of, um, like, if you give me a pace, I'm going to do everything I can to hit that pace. If I'm off even by, like, 10 to 15 seconds, I get really frustrated with myself. And um, I've had to learn, especially lately, that just because you have a workout and it's prescribed – Say you have a four mile tempo and I'm supposed to hit 650 pace, but I go out there and I hit like a 655 or a seven. It's not what you're supposed to do, but it's still a good workout and you're still getting something from that. So that's what I've been trying to focus on. But I think the past couple of weeks, um, I haven't been hitting the workouts that I was supposed to. They were a little bit, you know, I was a little off every time and it's just, that kind of just started adding up. And then, then I started getting frustrated. Like, why am I, you know, I, in any training cycle, you're usually not going to have one, two, three or so, you know, bad workouts. You don't hit it. You have to cut it. Um, but to have them one after the other, after the other, that starts to kind of throw up red flags a little bit. So, um, and then that's kind of what has gotten my mind out of out of the game, so to say, is just you know that, those those thoughts creep back in. So um, I'm not I'm not too bad about cutting my workouts, but I'm definitely bad about you know if I don't hit it what I'm supposed to, then I don't I don't think I did anything worthwhile. But I did, and and if you if you step back and really look at it, you still had a successful you got something out of that workout. It just might not be exactly what you wanted. And you and you talked about before that you kind of all of a sudden started looking back at at that marathon um, in December, and all of a sudden you keep like harkening back to that time, whether consciously or subconsciously, yeah. um, because that was you know for you you know a traumatic experience, um, certainly relatively speaking. But you know you put right. a lot of time and effort into it. Um, do you think you would have had that same response after that race? if you weren't going into it with such high expectations and not saying your expectations were, <sighs> were incorrect, but obviously right, like you, right. you, you went into it like, Hey, I'm going to set a PR. I'm going to do great things. My had great training. There's no reason for me not to think this way. Do you think that's part of the reason that it's kind of had this, I guess it's almost like a black cloud <laughs> over your training right now. Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, I don't, I think in any race, you know, we, we all had different races and different, you know, we going into a race were like, like I went into Chicago in 2000, I guess it was 15 and I didn't have the greatest training cycle. So I went in saying, eh, this may go okay. This may not go okay. Let's see what happens. Um, but then like this race, I think I went in and I felt so strong and the strongest I'd felt postpartum. And I felt like I was hitting these workouts, these big workouts and, um, you know, fate had, you know, a marathon's a long distance and anything can happen and it comes down to one day. And that's what I think is really hard about it. 
and kind of what keeps drawing me back in is you have what 12, 14, 18 weeks of buildup and then it comes down to one day and there's so many factors that play into that. So I definitely went in thinking, you know, this is my day. I'm going to do this. It's time to set this PR, um, which I think you have to, if you don't believe in it and if you don't trust your training, then it's going to, you know, <laughs> it's definitely going to be a struggle for you. But I went in, I trusted it and um, yeah, it didn't, it didn't go my way, but I mean, that happens. I mean, there's nothing you can do. Um, I, I try, hopefully avoided a more serious injury by stopping. Um, it's harder to have to stop it. You know, cause if you're at six and your hamstring tightens up, you're like, I can't go 20 more miles. But when you're at 20, you're like, can I go six more miles and just finish this thing? Um, but when I stopped and I couldn't walk anymore, I figured it no. Because even if I limped it and I pulled something or tore something, then it would set me back even more. So, um, but to answer your question, yes, I definitely think going in with such high expectations made it harder because I felt like I was in such great shape. And in some ways, it felt like that went to a waste, even though I know it didn't. It kind of felt like that. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what happened to me in my last marathon. I had the same exact experience. Now, I, I kind of, like, I limped at home, but make no mistake, like, I was nowhere near what I thought I was capable of, and right, certainly nowhere right. near the pace that I had run the majority of the race at. And, um, yeah, yeah, shoot, it's, it's no fun. It's hard, <laughs> yeah. sure. it, makes, it makes the drive home, um, you know, a, a tough one because you're rough, like, shoot, yeah. man, like, what what did I just spend the last three months trying to do? Like, this is, at first, are you feeling, at least for me, was like, this was just a big waste of time. Like, what in the world? Like, this sucked. But, um, yeah, did you it, have hamstring issues going into that race? Did you have, did you see that coming at all? Like, even in retrospect? No, that's what was so crazy. Is I mean, I mean, as you know, marathon training, you have aches, pains, tightness, you know, you work out what you can. But I didn't really have any hamstring issues. The only difference that I didn't realize until after the fact, um, when I was talking to my coach now, um, is that it was cold. It, well, it was like low 40s, high 30s, low 40s at the start. And when it's cold, your muscles, no matter how much you warm up, your muscles automatically are going to be tighter. Um, so anything underlying, even that I didn't see can, it can be made worse and cold is really bad for hamstrings, especially ones that are, you know, if it's, if it is tight in any way. So I didn't have anything leading up. Now I'm not going to say I was perfect at getting all my strength training in and all my stretching and foam rolling and everything that I needed to do in. Um, but I didn't ever have, I don't, I don't remember a single run where I, where I even felt my hamstring like that. Um, so when it started, it, I think it started around mile 13 or 14. I have to go, honestly, at this point, I have to go back and read my race recap, but, um, it, it started feeling tight, but I just figured, oh, it's cold. You know, it'll, it'll loosen up and it just never, it kept getting tighter and tighter. Um, so, but I didn't really think much of it. Cause like, like you just said, I never had any, I never had any warning signs that I was having any tightness or any issues with my hamstring. Which almost makes it more yes. frustrating. <laughs> Very much so. But. So, um, yeah, it, that, that I can see I can see that being a frustrating thing. And you had a very, just like your post today, you had a very open and honest and candid post after that race. And I know just reading the quotes, just reading the comments from other people who read it, you know, it was one of those things where it happens to so many people. Not that that makes your experience any less frustrating or disappointing or painful, but it is something that happens to a lot of people. Um, And you almost have to like eventually switch into like, I guess, at least for me, I can't speak for other people. I guess for me, it's like if I switch into like long-term thinking versus short-term thinking, it can like ease the, ease the frustration a little bit. Like, all right, this won't be my last race. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like this sucks, but, you know what I mean? Like, it's not going to be my last race. It's almost like if you get dumped when you're a kid, you're like, you know, when you're <laughs> high school and you get dumped and you're like, I'm never going to love again. This is, this is over. It's the, this is the worst day of my life, you know? And then like, you know, afterwards you're like, and oh man, that was just, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, you look back at like 20 years later, you're like, oh God, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> I can't believe I ever yeah. thought like such a thing. I think the hardest part for me with the race was really not that, I mean, it was disappointing to not get that PR. Like I've been working for that for a while. But it was that, you know, there's a lot of people that had to, like, help me get to that point. Like, mm. with a, with a, I guess, I, you know, my son was under one years old um, when I was training for that. And so, like, we would, my husband and I, my husband had to 
keep him a lot for me to run or we'd have to tag team. I'd run some with the stroller and then pass it off to him. Or, you know, sometimes during the week, my mom would come up and she would keep my son while I would go do a workout or a long run that I just couldn't do either with the stroller or it was, you know, it would take longer than gym daycare would cover. Um, and even on the weekends for long runs sometimes, because my husband's a runner too, and he was racing the same one. Um, you know, we'd have to travel to either my in-laws or my parents and have them keep them on a Saturday so I could do my long run. Like I felt like all these people would help me get there. And then I didn't even finish. <laughs> that was the hardest part for me. And they didn't care. And they really didn't. They just wanted me to do something that I loved and that they knew I wanted and worked hard for. But um, in the back of my mind, that's, that's the, what the hardest part was feeling like I'd let them down, even though I know I didn't. Um, but you know, a lot of people help all any, any runner. There's a lot of people behind that one person. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And, and like you said, like, obviously like, you know, he wasn't going to be frustrated with you. I mean, shoot, Wes has been there from the start, right? Like Wes I introduced know. you into yeah, running back in like the college days. Oh Yeah. Oh yeah, it's been it's been quite a journey for both of us, and I mean he under he understood him. I mean the first thing he said to me is I will I will help you get back. We will redeem this race because he knew how devastating it was to me. Okay, the devastating is a little extreme. I noticed that <laughs> at the time it was very devastating. Now I can look back on it and say, hey, it didn't go my way. That's fine. Um, but I definitely was. Um, <clears throat> We just thought about all those other people that helped me get there. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, but they didn't care, obviously. So you're obviously very dedicated to running. You've been doing it for a long time now. You're very into it. Anyone who's listening to this conversation can, like, read into it, you know, loud and clear on that point. But when you were a kid, you were, as you said, you said, you were an active kid but didn't play sports growing up. So what was the uh, – how come, how come that was the case? I don't really know. I mean – I wouldn't say I totally didn't play sports. I like as a kid, like I played like, you know, on the soccer teams and stuff. And then I did swim some when I was in like middle school. And then uh, I was actually a cheerleader for one year in high school. So not me. So (laughs) that didn't last beyond that year. Um, But after that, I just, it never, like there wasn't anything that really I was good at, I guess you could say. Um, I was, I was about, actually, I did play basketball in middle school. I forgot about those years. Um, I was tall. I mean, I'm, I'm like 5'8". So at the time, I was tall for middle school. I, I, grew, I grew a lot in middle school. But then as I got into high school, I wasn't anymore. So I really wasn't that much great, better at, at basketball than anybody else. So I didn't play that. And so, um, you know, I wasn't – but I wasn't super dedicated to any sport. So, you know, through high school, college, you know, I just – I studied hard. I did well in that, but um, it wasn't in time that my husband who was a soccer player when I met him actually, um, but then decided, or, or he knew he was going to go to try to get into medical school. So he um, kind of had to give that up because he couldn't juggle collegiate soccer and all the studying and everything that went into getting into medical school. So um, he took up running <laughs> and you know, just, just seeing him and seeing how much he was able to, um, improve himself and after watching races for a couple of years I, I kind of was like maybe I should do something <laughs> you know maybe I should go run a mile or something and and then it just kind of escalated from there um, especially when we moved for him to go to medical school it was kind of my outlet for a while um, and then the bug kind of hit and then I'm like hey maybe I can call, run a marathon and maybe I can qualify for Boston and then here we are today <laughs> Right, but it, it obviously didn't happen that quickly. Like you had run, like oh, as no. I said earlier, in 2011, 2012, you were in like the mid, you know, 440, 430 range. So mm-hmm. what? So what kept you in running, despite not having like that immediate kind of instant success that some people who have like really athletic backgrounds, like I've, I've had a couple people on the on the podcast and some people coming up too who like maybe we were really good at other sports growing up. So they had like an athletic base and all of a sudden they switched over to running. And then, you know, shortly thereafter, they got pretty good, pretty fast. Yeah. You know? So for you, what, what kind of kept you in it while you weren't exactly like crushing it compared to how you are now? Honestly, um, well, I really, I really started really running like more distance wise when I got, when we moved out to Pennsylvania for my husband to go to medical school, we lived in the, snowiest city in the country for two I think it it ranked like snowiest city in the country like two or three years so there wasn't like there wasn't a whole lot to do um I was so wait wait what 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 city is that 
Erie, Pennsylvania. So it's oh, this okay. year it actually was the snowiest city in the country. Thankfully, we were not there. Um, but it's right on um, Lake Erie, so you get a lot of lake effect snow. Um, so it's it, it was it was not a bad city. There was actually some really in the summer it was great for running, but in the winter it was rough. So I did a lot of treadmill running, um, but that also I think led to some injuries. But but regardless, running was always kind of my outlet. Like I was 10 hours away from my family. You know, I had a husband who was studying a lot and in medical school, you know, and trying to you know, take tests every Monday and studying for board exams. So it was, you know, and I was working full time. So it was kind of the only thing that I was doing for me. And even though I didn't feel fast and I didn't feel like I was at the time, I really didn't even believe that I could you know, run a marathon or even try to qualify for Boston. But I just, it just kept doing it because it was such an outlet for me. And it gave me kind of, it just made me feel better. And I, I just enjoyed it. Um, and then I just, you know, I, I ran Boston and not Boston, I ran uh, Chicago in 2011, right after we got married. And I, like you said, I was like, it was like 440 something. And then I ran it again a year or two later and I 438 wasn't much of an improvement. And I had some injuries in there, but then like, I guess right before we moved from Pennsylvania to Virginia, where we are now, I just, I said, why not? Like, I'm not, I'd come back from an injury and I said, you know, all these, I can do this. I just have to put my mind to it. I have to, I've never had like a set training plan with workouts and tempos at that point and said, why don't I just try it? You know, the worst thing is I don't hit it and I, but I do set a PR and you know, then we just worked from there. So, and my husband was really supportive of me of it. And he just said, you know, just do it. Just try. You're not going to know unless you try. So, you know, once we had gotten moved and he'd settled into residency, that's when I kind of started that journey towards trying to um, qualify for Boston. And thankfully that worked out really well for me. <laughs> One quick note before we get back to the interview about Mercury Mile. As you heard in my intro, I'm a big fan of Mercury Mile. It's super easy. You go on their website, mercurymile.com. You choose what you like. You choose a shipping date, and they send out a box that's tailor-made to the things that, uh, that you love and the style that you have. And, uh, you know, once you get it, you pick what you like, you keep it, you send back the stuff that you don't, free shipping and free returns. It's a great thing. I love it. You know who else loves Mercury Mile? My guest today in the show, Sarah Turner. She's an ambassador as well. She's a big fan. So if you don't, if you can't trust me, you can certainly trust Sarah. So thank you so much for listening to this show. I hope you check out MercuryMile.com, promo code RamblingRunner10. And now we're back to the show with Sarah. So um, did you, did you use the Hanson's method during that buildup? I did. Yes. I, I, I just, I don't remember how I found it. I just looked up like training plans and, um, I read up and Hanson just seemed like a good one. So I just kind of chose it. I did modify it a little bit. Um, I did like a 10 K, um, training cycle for like six to eight weeks, trying, trying to get my legs turned over. And then I went into the marathon training. I, I moved some of the, I think I moved the rest day around to work around my work schedule. Um, <clears throat> but besides that, I followed it to a T I did extend it a little bit. I ended up actually doing a 20 week training plan because, um, I had to push back what marathon I was going to do, but it, it just ended up working really well. It was the first structured dedicated training plan I'd done with, speed workouts and tempo workouts and long runs, even though Hanson's, you never go over 16 miles. So, um, it was just, it just worked out. And I guess all the cards fell into play perfectly for me that day. Um, you don't always get those, but they are very wonderful when you do. <laughs> and, um, it was just a really good day. And it was in Kiowa where I had also my last marathon that did not go my way. So it just goes to show you each day can be so, so different. Yeah, no kidding. So you ran 3.29 in that race, which was a 69-minute PR? It was, yes. It was from the last time I'd run a marathon. There was, you know, we're talking 2012, 2014. So it was, like, big, like, gap. But um, since the last time I'd run a marathon, yeah, it was an hour and nine minutes. So when you were preparing for that race, did you have a certain range in mind, not just from a goal perspective, but just where you thought you would – you know, where you think you, you would come in just so you could properly pace yourself, say like the first half or first 15 miles? Like in terms of a race plan? Yeah, exactly. Especially if you're going through like, cause I'm not super familiar with the Hanson's program, except I know that 
you know, just like they, they rely on like the, the, the constant fatigue method. And like you yeah. said, there's no long runs over 16 miles. So did you know what you were capable of going into that race or was it kind of a crapshoot? I felt really prepared, but again, you never know going into it. I had, I hadn't raced in over two years for a marathon. And so I, I but I hit my tempo runs and you do go, I think your longest tempo run was 10 miles, which is a big, that's a big tempo run for a marathon. Um, and so I'd hit those, um, I think I did three 10 mile tempos. I think that's what, if I remember correctly, but, um, and so you work out from six, you go six, eight, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, And then, um, so I'd hit those. So I, I knew I could do the pace and I'd set it up to where I was actually shooting for a, my BQ time would have been a three thirty five. So I was shooting for a three thirty because I wanted, like, I didn't want to get it and then not be able to get in if I did it. Um, so I, I trained at a 3.30, which is right at an eight-minute pace. And um, I just – the only thing that – that uh, the doubt that creeped in for that mile long run and, and the more – the questions that people email me about or reach out to me about, about using Hansons, that's always what they want to know is, like, were you prepared? And honestly, that was the strongest I'd ever felt in a marathon Um I knew that I had another run past 16, but I'd done so much else and you're just building, you know, the cumulative fatigue just builds and you learn to run on tired legs. And that is what I think definitely helped me those last, you know, going for that, that extra 10 miles that you had never run ever, but it was still, it's still really high mileage and um, it didn't seem to bother me. And, and, you know, no, no training plan works for everybody, but I felt really strong after it, and obviously I got I ran three twenty nine, so I ran right right where I was supposed to. Yeah, um, worked great. Yeah, <laughs> can't complain about that. So that's for sure. So <laughs> so what was the what did the cumulative fatigue feel like? That's always like my my underlying question with the Hanson method because that's like that's like the tagline that everyone talks about. So you've done a bunch of marathon training cycles. What did that actually feel like at like at the height of the training? So like the biggest I mean, week, what, what, what did that feel like for you from not only for your legs, but just your whole body and like mentally and emotionally and all that? You're definitely, definitely tired. Like I, I won't lie on that. It, it is. I mean, I think in any marathon cycle, you're tired. I mean, I can see a difference in myself when I'm in a marathon cycle or my, even my husband, if he's a marathon cycle, it's just a lot more on your body. So, um, you're definitely tired. Your legs are tired. Um, I did at the time I was working full time. And so I did, um, I think you do a lot of early morning running. I would get up any time between three forty-five and four in the morning to do most of my running. So, um, honestly, maybe that helped me because I was already tired just from waking up that early that I didn't, I didn't know the difference between tired because I'm marathon training or tired because it's three forty-five in the morning. <laughs> That's a good point. So, I just kind of went out expecting to be tired every day. Um, and you were, I mean, it wasn't awful. Like, I mean, I could still, uh, you know, go hit the paces, but it's enough to where your body gets used to, okay, my legs are tired, but I'm still going to push it. I'm still going to work for these paces. So um, I think that prepares you for the, the hardest parts of that marathon, which obviously most people know is that last six miles. And when your legs are just tired and they've just got to keep going. And um, that's, so even though it was cumulative buildup, it, it definitely made you stronger come race day. And one thing I've always wanted to ask you, besides the Hanson's Method stuff, is that you, you, I feel like you are the most prolific running with a stroller individual <laughs> that I know. I feel like you're constantly running with the stroller. Yeah. So for you... What were, how long did it take you to get used to that? I mean, you're just like, you're, you're killing it with the stroller. Oh, thank you. Um, I actually don't run as much as I used to. Um, but yeah, I just, when I, I, when I had Easton in December, obviously I waited a while before I ran from the stroller, but, um, I was going to be, I was doing, my goal was to run Boston, um, in April. I've missed the first time when I qualified in Kiwa, obviously we were talking about, and then I ended up pregnant. And so I was not able to run or well, I could have run, but I didn't feel comfortable running, uh, Boston that year. Cause I was only like seven or eight weeks pregnant at the time. So I, I dropped out and then, so I had qualified right before then in Chicago. Uh, I ran a 326. So a little bit of a PR and then that called me qualify me for 2017 so my goal was I wanted to run Boston because I knew it was going to be a while before I was able to qualify again and 
so I just kind of knew that if I need, if I was going to get the running in, if I was going to get it done, part of it was going to have to be done with the stroller. And, um, I did, I did a lot of, um, in the beginning, I did a lot of treadmill running once I started training again. And then once he was old enough, I did uh, start using the stroller and then it's just kind of taken off from there. I don't, some days I just don't have another option. Um, he's, you know, you know, with kids, some days they're great and some days he's having, not having it. And thankfully now I have, um, he's old enough to go to the daycare at my gym. So he does go there some days. Um, and, but other days he just, hangs out with mama in the stroller and um, he's pretty good about it. I've learned just to kind of, it is harder. It's definitely harder, but it definitely makes you stronger. Just like anything that's, you know, harder. It's, it is hard at the time, but I definitely, when I don't run with the stroller, it just feels like I'm kind of just flying. I guess it's kind of amazing. Um, So I've kind of backed off a little bit through the winter. It's just a lot more to get a toddler ready for, to go in the stroller and get all his layers on, and then I have, like, a, you know, a cover to put over him and blankets, and he doesn't like blankets, and so it's a little harder. He's been spending more time in daycare probably um, this this go-round, but, yeah, I um stroller running, I guess it just kind of comes with the, with the territory, and it, it helps me. It allows me to be able to get in my running, um, and it's just, it is fun. I love having him out there, even though it is harder. Um, it's like you always have a little running buddy, even though he's um, doesn't, sometimes he's sleeping or he's not even paying attention to what I'm doing, but it's, it's fun to have him out there. So what are the tips that you've come up with for, for, uh, for your toddler uh, while you're running in the stroller? Because for me, some of the things that I've noticed that worked well with my kids is that talking to them, like kept them from like having a meltdown. <laughs> so like, so obviously if I'm doing an easy run, it was great because it would basically ensure that I would not be running too fast. Right. Because first of all, I had the stroller. Second of all, I'm talking the whole time. So, like, there was no way I was going to be able to run too fast, especially if I'm going exactly. uphill. So <laughs> you kind of had that. And the other part is, like, okay, how do I prepare for, like, hey, now they're thirsty. You're like, oh, they want a snack. Or, like, you know, all these yeah. other things that, like, pop up. And, like, you kind of, like, you know, it's almost like trial by fire with some of these experiences. Yeah. Honestly, I'm I'm sure every toddler is different. With mine, I I bring lots of snacks. I bring obviously water. Uh, I always bring toys, but I don't actually give them to him to start out. So we we start usually. I'll start the first several miles. He'll usually just be babbling for the first mile or two, and then if he's going to go to sleep, it's usually within that first like 20 minutes. Um, so if he doesn't fall asleep within there, then my chances of that happening are probably, probably pretty slim. Um, and he's awake much more than he, he used to sleep a lot when I ran and that was great. And, but now he's older and he doesn't, he doesn't sleep as much. So that's, or at least it's not around his nap time when I run. So, um, and actually Easton's never been a good napper. <laughs> he's always, I always see these stories of parents whose, whose children nap like three hours a day and I'm ha- it's a good day if he naps over an hour. So, um, so you're, you're talking, you're talking one right now. My son naps for three hours and 20 minutes today. Oh man. <laughs> I would be much <laughs> more productive in my days if I had that. No. Um, and I've gotten used to it, but he used to nap in the stroller. Now he doesn't. So I bring snacks. I bring a uh, drink. I bring lots of toys. And then if he starts getting fussy, I just start handing them to him. So he'll usually have a toy for, you know, 10 minutes and then he's over it. Um, and then we'll have snacks, um, Different, I have different kind of snacks. And like, the, like I said, some days he's great, and some days that works. And there's other days where we have a three-mile run, and he's over it, and we stop. And either I take him, I, you know, cut it or have my husband take over, or um, or I'll put him in the daycare and just finish out on the treadmill or whatever I've got to do. Um, or some days it's just it's just done for the day. So um, I've just learned that with, with stroller running and even with toddlers and children in general, you just kind of have to be adaptable and You have to be ready. Like, this is what I want to do. This may or may not happen. (laughs) So, you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. It's not the end of the world. But um, I I did do some workouts during my last marathon cycle with the stroller, and that is hard. Um, But I try not to do that as much. And my coach agrees, too, because it does alter your form um, and your gait when you run with the stroller. So it can cause, especially during workouts, to you to have like a funky stride or something your form is kind of off so she didn't really want me doing that so I, I did cut down on those but um I try to do easy days where I'm more adaptable and I can 
if he's not having it, I'll, you know, push it and run during nap time or just push it and finish off on the treadmill or something like that. So I just, I just found the more adaptable and the more um, kind of go with the flow I am with stroller running, the better it usually goes. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. I feel the exact same way. And you, you referenced your coach there. So you're working with Tara, Tara Welling now? I am, yes, with the uh, Run Doyen Project. So is she is she the first coach that you've had? No, actually, I had a coach um, back uh, when I was training. I ran a half, my, my half PR, my 137, I ran in um, January of 2016. Sorry, all the years, they, they just passed so fast. Um, 2016, <laughs> and so I had a coach then, and he was coaching me for that, and that also was, he was preparing me for Boston um, until I got pregnant. And then um, I stopped with him for a while my husband was using him at the time as well too so um but then I kind of coached myself through the marathon and then after the marathon that's when I um started um working with Tara so what's been the biggest changes in your training since going with uh going with her um well at first we were doing um like 5k training so it was much faster which I'm not good at doing for myself I just I just love distance running and I love the workouts of distant running, I do not love short, fast workouts. It's just not my, it's just not what my body's better at. And so it's harder, but that's, those are the things that really help you. So I knew that I needed somebody to help push me there. And it's just really nice to have somebody who knows what they're doing and that they can, you know, they can tell you what to do. You know, some days, especially when you haven't slept as well, you know, you're kind of running on low sleep or, you're not feeling well, instead of trying to go out and figure out what you need to do, you know, I just look at my schedule and I go, oh, I have, you know, seven mile run today or whatnot. And that's been really, really nice. But it's really nice just to have somebody who, who's kind of, you know, who's been there, obviously, she's, uh, she's pretty amazing in what she's accomplished. And um, to just have somebody like that, who knows what they're doing, and you can just tell her this is how I'm feeling and she adjusts and she puts the workouts that I probably would not do myself if I was coaching myself in there. <laughs> Why? Because they're a little, little bit harder than something you would put together? Um, not necessarily. I just, like, with 5K workouts and 10K workouts, I'm not as familiar with that training. I don't do it very often. Um, and it's faster. And so it's not that I wouldn't do the workout. It's just it's not – they're not the fun workout. <laughs> they're the hard, – hard for me, that's much harder. Everybody has their um, – where, you know, their, their – what they're better at, whether they're slow twitch or fast twitch. I'm much more slow twitch. So when it comes to those – workouts that use this fast switch muscles it is it's often really hard for me but those are good to use but just having somebody say this is what you need to do um just makes it a lot easier to get those done and you mentioned how you weren't able to do the 5k because you were sick so what's what's next on the calendar i actually signed up for a half marathon on april 8th it's in raleigh the rock and roll raleigh half um, I don't know what that's going to look like yet. Um, I'd obviously love to PR, but, uh, you know, I'm kind of might just go into this one and just have fun with it. And if a PR comes out of it, great. And if not, that's okay too. Um, I, I wanted to be in better, in a better place for it. But, um, after the, you know, the, all the sicknesses and I have some really good workouts under me. So I'm, I'm happy with that. And I've done the hard work. So I'm still hoping to have a good race, but we'll just wait and see. It kind of might just run this one um, just kind of for fun and see, see where I'm at and kind of more of a predictor uh, race and then kind of work from there. So, but I'm excited. I haven't, I haven't done the half in about two years, so it should be fun. Yeah, for sure. And what made you pick, uh, what made you pick this race? Um, I don't know. There's not like a ton around here. And, um, I just, it, it, Raleigh's about an hour and a half from where we live. It's where I went to, I went to college. Um, so I'm just familiar with the city. And so we just, I just saw it and I said, Hey, this looks like a good one. And, um, you know, it's kind of like that we're, we're approaching that, like when racing, or at least around in, at least around where I am, the races start getting less and less because it's getting into summer. So, um, this was kind of, um, just a good time. And I just, I needed to race. I, I haven't raced since Kiowa. And I think sometimes the hardest things for us to, what, what we don't want to do is what we need to do. And I, I, I really, I was kind of, the 5k was going to be kind of my jumping point. Like I'm going to go get in, get my feet wet with racing again. 
And then that didn't work out. And so I just knew like, I need to sign up for a race. This is what I need to do. I need to get my feet wet with racing again and just kind of, um, get over those like kind of fears of, you know, having an issue or having to drop out or not performing at my best again. So, um, I'm just going to go and do it and see what happens. Um, but I think it's definitely, definitely what I need. And I always, I do train better when I have a race. It doesn't always work out. Um, because obviously, you know, racing is expensive or, and racing is, um, it's definitely, it's, it, we don't have like, there's not as many like local races for us to do. So it is a little bit harder, but, um, it's definitely, I just need to do it for my own sanity and to kind of, you know, give me a confidence back that I, I can race again and I can do this again. I really appreciate you saying that because I feel the exact same way about just getting more races under my belt because it really is, if you're not racing very often, it, it gets a little scary because like, you're like, Oh shoot. Like, am I going to be able to like push myself as hard as like these races demand? And you know, what yeah, am I, what's exactly. my expectation going to be? Like, I feel like the longer you don't race, the more the upcoming race that you're going to do, like there's more pressure to it. Like, oh, yeah. I feel like, yeah. I should, I feel like I, I should be racing more than I do. If for no other reason that it alleviates some of the stress that comes from like only racing periodically may give you. Yeah, exactly. I, I wish I could race a lot more than I do. It just usually doesn't work out with, you know, traveling and, you know, having someone to keep our son. Cause usually when we do a race, usually my husband's going to race too. It just makes more sense if we're going to travel and we're going to do this, we're going to do it at the same time. It's just easier. So, you know, it's a lot that goes into it. I do wish I could race more, but um, it usually comes down to I run maybe three a year. And so I feel more pressure at those races. So this one, I just kind of want to go in and kind of get my feet wet again and just shake the rust off and just have fun with it and prove that I can do this again. And then hopefully that'll kind of uh, get my motivation back up to keep going after that. There you go. All right. So before we get going, I'm going to end with the kind of our quick questions that we have at the end of all of these podcasts. So first okay. one is, if you're going for a run, are you going headphones or no headphones? Uh, depends if I'm with my son or not. If I'm solo, headphones, definitely. I love listening to podcasts and I love on easy runs and then I use music on hard runs. If I have my son, I usually go without music because I just like to hear what's around me a little bit more. But um, overall, yes, music. All right, so what music are you listening to? Oh, gosh, I have a huge assortment. Uh, I am a country fan, so I have a lot of country on there. Um, I've got a lot of – I guess there's a wide variety of, of music. I have um, – oh, gosh, I got to pull my iTunes. I can tell you what's on it now. Um, but there's a whole whole, whole bunch of stuff. Um, I really love – like, my favorite song is um, right now is uh, The Champion by Carrie Underwood. Um, that's been a really great, uh, motivator for my workouts lately. Um, but that usually, I usually always try to update my music cause you know, you get kind of tired of the same thing. So, uh, every couple of weeks I'll try to update new things just to kind of give me a boost. But, um, that's my current favorite workout song. See, that's coming up a lot. Like I don't listen to Carrie Underwood, but I yeah. feel like I've seen a lot of people talking about that song, which it's is really like for song. someone who doesn't follow country music, like I'm like, wow, this song is really coming up a lot. Yeah. You should look it up. It's good. It's good. There you go. All right. So I'll definitely do that. All right. So um, when you're looking around either on social media or if you're reading Runner's World or just the people around you, who motivates you as a runner? Um, honestly, obviously, I spend uh, a good amount of time on Instagram. So I definitely um, have some really – I look for the, you know, other, like, kind of running moms like me a lot of times, um, you know, other mothers who are out there you know, going after their goals with their kids, um, and they're still, you know, doing the best they can. I, I know so many <clears throat> amazing, you know, newish moms that have, you know, recently like qualified for the trials and stuff like that. So those are the, um, those are kind of the accounts I follow and the ones that really motivate me that, Hey, she can do it. Why can't I, I may not be right where I want to be, or I may not be my ultimate goal, but I can keep working at it because, you know, she can too. So that's, those are really what motivate me right now. Got it. So people in the same situation as you, but who are slightly better runners. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> hey, I do the same thing. I hear you. I it, it is, it is fun to see that, but then it's just funny. Cause right. Cause like, it's like kind of like that end of the spectrum. And then also like the people who like, you know, like 
I'm thinking of a couple people in my mind who, like, I know, like, maybe have had, like, weight challenges, and all of a sudden, like, oh, yeah, they definitely. look like they've dropped all this weight, and they're doing all these amazing things. I'm like, shoot, dude, like, this person's so dedicated. Like, it's insane. Like, I don't know if I could have done what they did. You know what I mean? Like, even oh, though I've yeah, never been definitely. in that situation, it is pre- it's pretty wild. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I feel like I've, like, those are my, my, uh, my two my two groups, like, the aspirational group and the holy, holy hell, like, that person. Yeah, like, how did they do that? Yeah, that that's. Group. That's true, because usually if those people can do you're like, I can go run five miles today. Like, really, that's nothing. So, um, yeah, definitely. I, I 100% agree with that. So if you could only run one more race for the rest of your life, but you could run it every year, what race would it be? Ooh, that was a good one. Um, I'd honestly probably say Chicago. Um, I've Well, I haven't, I personally have not had luck there. Well, I, haven't, I won't say I haven't had luck there. I've That's my first two marathons that I ran there. Um, my husband's had amazing luck there. Um, and it's just a really like beautiful city. We love going there. Um, and it's a great marathon, amazing crowd support. It's flat, rough in most of it. Um, I, I probably have to say that one. That's a good marathon that if I had to keep running the same race and going after my goals, that would probably be one of the best ones to do. And conversely, what is a bucket list <laughs> race that you can't wait to do? Ooh. That's a hard one. Um, hmm. I'd love to do uh, a race out west for sure. Um, we just don't we don't travel too too much to do that. But like like CIM would be an amazing race to do, or just something something out maybe in California area. Um, I just they're beautiful, and there's some really great races and fast races out there that I'd love to experience one day. Um, and then besides that, I'd say I'd love to do Boston again. Um, I had a great race there. It was fun. I, I ran it completely for fun and just to complete it. And I'd love, I'd love to go back and race it someday because it was, it was a beautiful course. And of course, there's a lot, a lot of history there. Yeah. So before we get into the last question, just want to first of all say thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, I've had a blast talking to you. And if people want to follow you, what are some of the ways they can do that? Um, well, I'm on, um, uh, most in my day-to-day training, you can find me on Instagram. Um, it's, uh, the running wife. And then I also have a blog, um, runningwife.com, pretty simple, um, that I try to update at least once or twice a week. So I'm getting better at that as my son's getting older, but it was a little rough for a year there. So, um, <clears throat> but yeah, that's, that's where you can find me the most these days. All right. So last question. Okay. Who is, who is your dream running partner? Uh, I'm going to say, oh, that's a hard one. I'm going to say Desi because, um, I just, I was actually listening to a podcast with her earlier and I just, I really love her. I really love her outlook. She's super hardworking. Um, she's, you know, kind of a no BS runner and, um, I just really, really enjoy watching her and have loved watching her progress and her you know, her comeback from injury and she's just, she's just done really awesome things. So I'm excited to watch her in Boston. Um, and I just think it'd be really fun to run with her one time, even though I probably couldn't keep up. <laughs> and she's super funny. Yeah, she is. She's really, she's really funny and she's great to listen to. I really enjoyed uh, that podcast I was listening to, um, earlier this week when I was running. It was, it was really funny. There you go. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Sarah. I really appreciate it. And good luck next month at the, uh, the rock and roll half marathon. Thank you. It should be a lot of fun, and thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode with Sarah Turner, and thank you to Mercury Mile as well for sponsoring the show. Head over to MercuryMile.com. Get up to date on your running fashions, accessories, and whatnot. It's a great experience, and I know you're going to like it. So RamblingRunner10 at MercuryMile.com. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, happy running.